Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sometimes you just want the quick facts. No opinions, no speculation. I'm Claire Thornton, an audio editor with USA Today. My team works around the clock to bring you the Five Things podcast. Every morning, me and my co-host Taylor Wilson help you know what to keep an eye out for that day. We always have a fresh mix of stories, from politics to entertainment to sports, covering all parts of the country. On Sundays, you can lean back with in-depth episodes about stories you may have heard earlier that week. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite shows and start listening to Five Things today. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. (laughs) Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! (laughs) Together, they form... The Mothership, their mission, to harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms, to dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership, saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks so much for joining us, and Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Happy New Year! <laughs> Actually, no, it's not the New Year yet. We'll do the New Year next week, but Happy Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry, merry, happy, happy. Um, let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games, and what's been getting me through this week is I finally started binging Cobra Kai. Um, this is the TV show that started on YouTube. It's now on Netflix. It is based on the Karate Kid movie from 1984, I believe. Um, It is something I caught. I caught the first episode of this when it originally came out on YouTube. And then I kind of dropped off from it because I just didn't. I I wasn't wanting to follow up with it on YouTube. Um, And so it got on Netflix. And I was like, all right, let me try it on Netflix. I really love it. I think it's great. Um, It obviously focuses on Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso who were the two main characters from the movie. Um, I love that the series gives them a lot more depth. I feel like both these characters are obviously dealing with like personal, uh, they're both dealing with issues involving letting go of the past. It's something that both characters are struggling with. And you see that manifest in so many different ways. Johnny opening up a new dojo that he calls Cobra Kai. And then of course, Daniel running his auto business and doing other stuff. Um, But yeah, I just, I I love the level of depth to both characters. I love how they're they're not the stereotypical character that they played in the movie. There's so many more layers to them. Um, And and I love how they're kind of learning and growing as people. And you see that over the course of of the first season. I'm just starting the second season um, ahead of when the third one launches, I think in January. So... Yeah, it's it's I've I've I really liked it. I'm really impressed by it. I thought it was going to be cheesy, but um, they definitely have impressed me so far. 
Well, the great thing about too is is about Cobra Kai is the fact that like the show makes the original movie better. The eighty four movie, I mean, it's a classic. It's an underdog, you know, the cl- that classic underdog drama kind of thing. But you know, it's it's pretty superficial to a certain degree. Whereas then Cobra Kai just kind of fleshes everything out. Even even Daniel LaRusso, you know, kind of so many of the characters you get to see new perspectives on because that shows. Which I mean, you don't see something happen that often. It's kind of a miracle in itself. Yeah, and also too, you have the ki- the younger kids and. You know, in some respects, they're kind of mirroring mm-hmm. those characters. And it's interesting to see how that evolution happens, but then also the the different ways they pivot or the different ways it makes characters like Johnny or Daniel kind of rethink what they've learned or what they know about, you know, based off experience. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by it. I was worried it was going to be too cheesy, but it's actually been a really good show. Right. Uh, so I'm Brian Truitt. I watch movies and what's getting me through this week and might be getting through through this weekend for you, um, is Wonder Woman 1984. Speaking of cheesy, <laughs> and in 1984, um, this, it's, Patty Jenkins' anticipated superhero sequel starring Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman yet again, another solo adventure. It is like a total whiplash from the, the original hit film, which was set in World War II, and had like people dying, and it was very dark. Whereas this one's, you know, it's candy-colored, cheesy 80s-ness, all over the place there's a mall you know it's there's all kinds of like 80s wear parachute pants and fanny packs um so if if especially if you need like a heavy dose of like nostalgia the new wonder woman's good um it's also we haven't had that many superhero movies this year because of covid um so it it hits that fix nicely too um and you know just have fun with it i you know i think people are going to expect you know the first movie again and it's not that at all you know it's kind of over long it's it's there's a little there's quite too many villains probably um but it's pretty fun it's you know I, I feel like it might be the closest the dcu films have gotten to like you know kind of that christopher reeve superman vibe where you know it's it's you know there's a rousing it's rousing it's earnest but it's charming uh, and Chris Pine and, and Gal Gadot are, are really fun to watch. So so check that out. If you've got HBO Max, it's free. So free to watch as many times as you want. I'm Kelly Lawler. And uh, what got me through this week is Bridgerton on um, Netflix, which is out today as you're listening to this on Friday, Christmas Day. Um, I am so into Bridgerton, in fact, that watching my screeners almost made me miss our recording of the Mothership podcast because it was so <laughs> engrossing. Um, but it's really fun. It's um, Regency bodice ripper. You know, it's people will compare it to Jane Austen, but it's not the same sensibility. It's just the same time period and also about, like, the marriage market. Um, it's much more like a romance novel a lot more sex, a lot more nudity. None of that in Jane Austen. <laughs> Um, and a lot more scheming and that kind of stuff. And it's really fun. And it's the first Shonda Rhimes series on Netflix. She didn't create it, but um, she's one of the you know higher up producers and it's from her company. So I think everyone will really enjoy it. It's a very good antidote to 2020. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you were on Apple Podcasts, it would be an awesome way to get rid of 2020 and move on to the new year if you could write a quick review about the show. Because not only do you help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find our show, 
as a bonus, we give you a shout out on the next episode. So try it out. Tell us what you want to see from the show moving forward. It's all upside for you. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod. Or you can send an email to MothershipPod at usatoday.com. Uh, on to the main topic. Here's a clip. She wanted to take her girlfriend to the high school prom. And the PTA went apeshit and they canceled it. We have got to go down there. Yes. And raise holy hell. Yes. We will be the biggest thing to happen in Indiana since whatever's happened in Indiana. Let's get this party started. It's time to build a prom for everyone. Take a stand for all the people out there who love someone in a way the world just doesn't understand. Okay, I admit that got to me. That was from The Prom, one of the handful of movies, TV shows, video games, you name it, that launched in this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year that was 2020. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Not the bad year 2020, but all the pop culture moments that define this year that we cannot wait to get away from. Um, We've done this in previous years. And as we've done before, here's what we do is we make two picks. We have one in our area of expertise. So Kelly TV, Brian movies, me, video games. And then we have one wild card, which is kind of what anything else that we thought was the best of the year. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, but let's start with Kelly and TV. Kelly, what was your pick for the the big TV show of the year? Um, so my list of the 15 best TV shows will be out on Monday. Um, and uh, I went with not – a lot of the sh- shows that I picked this year were a little more joyful, a little happier stuff that, you know, I think a lot of us gravitated to as the – real world and the news got sadder but my actual favorite show of the year isn't quite like that it's um i may destroy you on hbo um which is very serious somber content um it stars michaela cole who you might know from uh, the netflix series chewing gum um which is a british comedy um this is her you know auteur series she wrote it She co-directed it, she stars in it, um, and it's based in part on her own life experiences. Um, It's about a woman who is uh, drugged and raped and sort of has to come to grips with what happened, figure out what happened to her because she doesn't remember initially, and then live with that knowledge. And it's also about her friends and about learning about consent, even though they're grownups and they think they know everything. Um, And... It's just, it's one of those shows that feels like it knocks you out when you watch it, even if it's really depressing, even if you feel like, you know, that you want something that's just lighter and funnier and happier, you can't take your eyes away from it because it's just so transcendent, honestly. Um, And it is, you know, been widely praised and I'm really hoping for very, very good things for uh, Michaela Cole, who is just so talented. It's a little unfair to the rest of us. <laughs> well, all right. Um, Brian, what's your pick? So, for movies? Uh, so my best movies list came out a few days ago. Um, and so and one night in Miami is, is my top movie list. And it is 
it's not joyful, but it's but it's 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 really good. And people, um, most people won't even see it until next year because weird release dates and everything. But if you're in Miami, you, you can go see it in the theater right now. Um, but actually, I think I think more so my favorite things this year were musicals, and I it's it's interesting because. You know, Broadway got shut down. I was supposed to see Hamilton at the Kennedy Center this year, and I I didn't get to you know, and that was that was canceled. And so so much of our you know anybody who needed a musical theater fix was canceled. You know, they couldn't get it this year because of COVID. Uh, but but Hamilton dropping on Disney Plus in July, you know, pretty much kind of took over pop culture for like a weekend. When every, how so everybody got to see kind of how awesome that is and now the prom comes out in, on netflix you know later in in the year and it's you know inclusive um very very colorful um full of showstoppers and speaking of joyous and infectious that you know it's it's all that it's babes so i feel like you kind of those both those things brought me probably the most joy because they brought my kid the most joy you know because my kid loves musical she loves singing around the house and she, you know she she loves that kind of stuff and you know she we made hamilton like you know a thing we we watched every saturday and now she wants to watch the prom like every other day um so i you know at least in my household you know musicals played a big role even though we didn't really go to any this year you know we got to see how great they were from the comfort of our own home very nice um, okay, my pick for video games. Um, I, I waffled back and forth on this a little bit, but ultimately I came back to the game that brought me the most joy, especially this year. Um, and that was Animal Crossing New Horizons, um, which was on the Nintendo Switch. It was the exact game I think I needed amid all the pandemic stuff, um, just because it it's, it's a very, to me, very relaxing game, very peaceful you start out on this island, um, you have nothing but a tent, and you're there to basically just kind of build up the island and build up kind of, you know, you, you'll do things like hunt and fit, not hunt, you'll fish, you'll <laughs> catch butterflies. Sorry, I was like, wow, Animal Crossing got really dark. You're hunting now. Sorry. Um, That's no, a new you're... update I haven't had yet. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no, thank you. No. No, you fish, you, fish you, uh, you catch butterflies. Lots of just very restful peaceful social um experiences and it was a lot of stuff that you know i miss obviously this year with with all the pandemic stuff going on and you're stuck at home and it was just a nice kind of escape and it was nice to again go to a deserted island and just enjoy nature and enjoy life and you know not have to stress about the real world um and They've continually updated throughout the year. I mean, they've had tons of different events. They had a summer event. They had Halloween. They're still, I believe, in the middle of their winter event. And they're planning a lot more updates over the next year or so. So it really feels like just a thriving, vibrant um, place to be. And even, you know, some people argue, like, as you get later in the game, it's tougher to find things to do as you build up your house. And you've done so many things. Like, you kind of run out of things to do. But... It really does feel like the game has has done a good job of keeping you interested and keeping you wanting to come back and visit this island. And it's definitely something I I, I want to get back to again. Um, now it's time for our wildcard pick. This is the pick where we can pick anything, whatever brought us joy in 2020 is what we're going with. So Kelly, what's something that brought you joy in 2020? What's your wildcard pick? 
Well, I mean, I was going to pick Animal Crossing, obviously, um, but I both Brett picked that and I've talked about Animal Crossing extensively on this podcast, including most recently in our Thanksgiving episode. Um, So, you know, I won't say about how amazing and wonderful and awesome it is and how it's kept me sane or anything like that. But um, (laughs) I uh, my other wild card pick, you know, it's interesting because uh, before the pandemic, my husband and I used to go to the movies all the time. We had that AMC A-list pass. Um, And he really loves movies in a theater. We've watched a lot of movies uh, at home, but we haven't watched a lot of new movies. We've kind of been filling in gaps, watching the old James Bond movies, a lot of which I've never seen. Um, You know, re-watching some of our favorites, just really gravitating to like old nostalgia stuff, which I think a lot of people have. But one of the new movies that came out on streaming this year that really surprised me and was like one of the funniest things that I'd seen in a time when I really needed something funny was Palm Springs on Hulu with Andy Samberg and Kristen Malati, which is Groundhog Day-esque um, about two people trapped at a wedding. And um, it was just the most I have laughed probably at anything this year. And it had really wonderful performances, particularly from Kristen Malati, but also from Andy Samberg and J.K. Simmons in like a wild card role and just a lot of fun, surprisingly deep thoughts about life uh, and relationships. And I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, it was enough to bring me into the the movie discourse, which I had been like hiding from all year. I'm here also to advocate for Kristen Milani and more TV shows and movies because she's hilarious. I love her. I, I've, I remember her from 30 Rock. I even remember from Black Mirror when she did the one episode um, on Net. For Netflix. Um, <laughs> that was like two years ago. You act like that was like, oh, yeah, I don't even remember all the way back to that episode <laughs> of Black Mirror. Hey, still. No, 30 Rock, though, was older. What was 30? I think it was 30 like- Rock is, I don't remember what year it was, but if you probably, if you don't remember her on 30 Rock, it's because she was the sexy baby with, in a blonde wig um, and a baby voice hiding from her uh, ex. Very funny episode. But again, just put her more stuff. She's hilarious. Anyway. Agreed. Um, I didn't love that movie, but she was really good at it. Yes. Um, Brian, what's your wild card? Uh, it's got to be Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, it may, may be like my favorite thing that happened in 2020. I mean, there's, there's, I watched a lot of good TV. I, you know, I'm getting through Shit's Creek now. Supernatural ended. The Mando, obviously. But I, I you know, I, I don't think. There's a show that's and it's just as uncynical and as joyfully earnest, or just you know, just heartwarming as as Ted Lasso. It just makes me happy, um, and that's an interesting. It's interesting to watch that kind of show evolve because you know Apple TV shows just kind of exist. You know, they don't get a lot of promotion other than like maybe some you know advertisements here and there. Um, but it's like Ted Lasso. It's just like there's like a club of Ted Lasso on social media where it's just like people know how awesome that show is. And all you have to do is, is tweet Ted Lasso and you get like, everybody's like, Oh yes, yes. It's the greatest. You know, it's, it's, it's this kind of like weird shadow, shadowy thing that's like taken over so many of our lives, but it's made them much more fun. You know, and I, and I, Jason Sudeikis, I would love him to come back and play Joe Biden on Saturday Night Live, but I know Please don't, because I want him to play Ted Lasso for like years and years and years, and and you know him him as a football coach, you know in England, coaching a soccer team. It it sounds ridiculous, 
but it's so great. And I, and I just, you know, I cannot tell any, you know, I, I, just how many more, how many people, I don't know who else is out there who hasn't watched the show. They need to watch the show because they will be like instantly 500% happier in their lives. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a shot of adrenaline in your heart. Um, I also love Ted Lasso. It made my list of the best shows of the year. And um, one hilarious side effect of that show is there's a character named Jamie Tart, and he sings Baby Shark to his own name. And now I can't hear Baby Shark with the words or any other words. All I hear is Jamie Tart. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and I feel like if it can stick in my brain like Baby Shark, clearly... They've got something going. We formally found our closeout music for 2020, so this is great. <laughs> he does a little dance. It's, yeah. Um, okay, my wild card pick for 2020, uh, Brian hinted at it. It's um, season two of The Mandalorian. Um, I loved the first season. I thought it was great. Um, and I was really floored by the second season. I Especially the second half of... of season two um just so many incredible moments happen through the course of that and it's interesting because you know i mentioned this um recently about star wars and how it feels like we've kind of forgotten that there were uh, another trilogy had just concluded and i think a lot of that's because the mandalorian's been so good and um i just I, i i love um what pedro pascal has done with that character um, I love what they've done with Grogu, Baby Yoda. Um, but I love a lot of the Star Wars moments that you have been kind of, you know, that just were incredible. I think some of the best Star Wars moments, I think, of the last several years. And I don't even know if you could argue maybe of, of all of Star Wars, there, there are some moments there. Um, you know, everything with Boba Fett um, has been amazing. The finale, I think, was fantastic and really felt like a, a fitting end to that second season. Um, but they just have done so many right things coming off of the last movie where it felt like there were so many missteps. It's just incredible. It's incredible to see Star Wars on TV, and it's convinced me that I just want Star Wars on TV for a while now. I don't want, to, I don't want any more movies. I just want TV. There's just so many opportunities to dive in and do really fun stuff here. And so, yeah, man, I, I just I really enjoyed the second season of Mando. Well, Rise of Skywalker just killed any and all st- like interest in seeing Star Wars on screen again for a while, and then it's just like having Mando back and having Mando be like something I can watch every three o'clock in the morning on a, on a Thursday for eight weeks. Just you know, it it brings back all like why I love Star Wars and why you know what what made me adore it in the first place. Were you really getting up at three o'clock in the morning? Oh yeah. I'm not even getting up. I just stay up that late. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> See that well that's one thing. You know, that's one thing I've been curious about with Mando, but even streaming in general, I feel like this is the best case of more streaming shows should go week to week and release an episode once a week instead of just like with like I would love for Netflix to do this with Stranger Things where instead of just dumping it all at once and then everybody talks about it for like a couple weeks. We've been talking about Mando for a couple months now, and there's been so much buzz around it. And you've seen what happens when they go week to week releasing an episode, and it it obviously works. Um, I hope we see more of that in the future, because I would much rather go this route than kind of the Netflix dump that we've had. 
I think it needs to, I mean, I think you have to do it a, a show-by-show basis. I think it could work with something like Stranger Things because there's enough interest in it that people would be talking about it from week to week to week. And you would you would get, like, a cumulative, like, you know, by the time of season finale, everybody's just, like, psyched about it. But, you know, a lot of that Netflix stuff I don't think would lend to that because I'm not sure there's, A, you know, a fan base for it or, B, you know, enough stuff happening where you're, you know, people might tune out after two or three episodes. I think you have to be very judicious with like a Mando or a Stranger Things, something that's like that really reaches pop culture in a in a palpable way to pull that off. Where a lot of, but there's a lot of stuff that's just better just binging. Yeah, and I mean Netflix. They don't share any of their data, but they have so much data on us, and they've only released things week by week that they've absolutely had to, like the Great British Baking Show, because of licensing deals. So I don't think they're going to, but I do like it occasionally. I like appointment television. I want more people to do what HBO Max is doing with Wonder Woman and do it not at 3 a.m., I would be if you're releasing it on a day anyway, you can might as well release it at like eight o'clock at night um, so that for the selfish TV journalist at me who doesn't want to get up at three o'clock in the morning uh, and also for, you know, like wanting to watch stuff with your family before you go online and it gets spoiled for you. I was just going to say I have a huge bone to pick with Twitter because the morning of the finale of The Mandalorian, they already had trending yeah. topics about what happened and it was like. You know, unless you're completely off Twitter, like, there's no way you're getting around it. And that's, like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I get the schedule for Mando, and I don't put it on the Disney Plus or anything like that, but it's just more like, yeah, I like the idea of just, if you're going to do it this way, do it at, like, a time where everyone can be around a TV if they want to and can watch it. I like Wonder Woman at noon because there's, there's breakfast and presents, there's Wonder Woman, and then there's Christmas dinner. And then you go to bed. This should be the new uh, WB tradition where they release a DC Comics movie every Christmas afternoon. <laughs> hey, normally tradition. normally what I do in between Christmas presents and Christmas dinner is get all fancy, put on makeup, get ready to go drive to Christmas dinner, and that ain't happening this year, so. Exactly. There you go. Um, okay, listeners, it's your turn. Um, what was your favorite movie, TV show, video game of 2020? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us individually. I'm at Brett Molina 23. I'm at Brian Truitt. And I'm at KLALS, K-L-A-W-L-S. And don't forget, you can email us too. We're at mothershippod at usatoday.com. That'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer of The Mothership this week, Natalie Boyd. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a rating or a review. Helps other people find the show and we get some awesome feedback. Uh, if Apple Podcasts isn't your thing, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, until next week, nerds out. Later. <laughs>